How is that? Can people see the whiteboard? If you can't see the whiteboard, this is your chance to move. <laughs> There's lots of plenty of other seats, but most people are in this row, so you get prime, prime viewing opportunity. Okay, good morning, Billabong. Good morning. Um, we're getting close to the end of our ripple effect journey. And um, now I haven't really been around for many sessions of this with church planting and um, going upstairs with kids or going on holiday, that sort of stuff. Um, but through everything, I think my head has been in this evangelism space, okay? Um, it's kind of been at the forefront. Um, I don't know about any of you, but when I, every time I hear the word ripple effect, I, I'm, I picture Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> has, has anyone, has everyone seen Kung Fu Panda? So there's just this awesome scene where they get this scroll from the top of the thing, and as it comes down, he catches it in a staff, and this staff hits this completely still pile of, uh, puddle of water, and then it just touches it, and one ripple comes out. And it's just like, oh, it's glorious. Um, anyway, that's completely... Um, I didn't even write that in my notes. But um, that's just what I picture. Um, hopefully, we've all wrapped our head around what this evangelism business means, um, I mean, we've learned about the concepts of the creation to fall, to redemption, to recreation, um, and then as well as the, the simple but life-changing um, nature of the gospel. Um, the fact remains, though, that evangelism is still a big no-no when it comes to a lot of church settings. A lot of churches, it's, it's a scary place. It's a, a place you don't want to talk about. Let's talk about giving, or let's talk about um, praying, or let's talk about the Bible. Talking about evangelism is, is, is tricky. It's scary. Um, so why have we focused on it as a church for the last couple of months? Now today, what I'm going to be talking about is what it means to live our story, or live my story, um, and how evangelism is sort of the natural outworking of living our story. And when you think about it, living your story can't be that hard. Um, to help explain, I'm going to share my story with you. Um, is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Now, for those of you who know me pretty well, mum and dad, you probably know me pretty well, this will be nothing new. Those of you who don't know me very well, hopefully this is a chance to hear about my story. So, on the 31st of July, 1993, the world was blessed with my arrival. Um, and... I don't remember much of that. Uh, I don't remember much of the next year and a year and a bit where I had sole control over my family. I was the one, the only. Of course, after that time, then my sister Rachel came along, um, and then it was the two of us, and I'm sure the focus came less on me and more on her, because, you know, the new baby always trumps the, the old one. Um, skip ahead a few years. Oh, we were living in Rockingham. Yep. <laughs> Apparently, I don't remember it. Um, but then, skip a few years, and about five years later, 1998, my next little sister comes along, Amy, um, and our family has a big change. We move from the lovely, dodgy suburb of Rockingham out across to Melbourne in Victoria. Um, and it was there that I started primary school um, at Knox Gardens Primary School, and there, one of my main memories of that is being involved in the end-of-year big musical extravaganza that the school put on. Every year group did their own kind of part of it, and the one I remember was where it was all about the planets of the solar system. So um, my planet was um, Neptune, 
And so we sang, I'm blue, da-ba-dee-da-ba-da, da-ba-dee-da-ba-da, as a year two student, I think. Um, now, at that school, we learnt music, and we were taught to sing loud. Again, this is all from mum and dad, like, going back, I don't remember this, but you're taught to sing loud, not in tune, loud. Loud was important, because loud meant everyone could, your parents could hear you, it doesn't matter if you sounded nice, it was about being loud. Um, after three years in Melbourne, we then moved back over to Perth um, into a nice little suburb called Canningvale. And it was there that I went to um, Canningvale Primary School where I got the opportunity to be a part of the choir. And not just the choir, I got a solo in the choir where I got to sing a little line at some point um, in, a, in an Anzac Day song, which was pretty cool. Um, I also got the opportunity there to learn the trumpet um, as part of the instrumental music schools. It was called Sims back then. It's called Ims now. Not important. Um, but I learnt the trumpet for a couple of years. And I got, I thought, pretty good. And so when it came to the end of my primary schooling, year seven, and I was looking into high schools, I applied for a high school called Perth Modern. Now, for those of you who know, Perth Modern, you need to say it, Perth Modern. Okay? You need to lift your nose up a little bit when you say it, because it's very fancy. Um, and so I auditioned to get into there as part of the music program. Um, I wasn't successful on trumpet. I wasn't good enough. But the music the guy who auditioned me said, hey, would you like to play the euphonium? And I thought, sure, what's that? Um, and so I got given this instrument called the euphonium, and I learned that for five years. I was also part of a whole bunch of different choirs. And then it got to the end of my high school, and... I thought, oh, what am I going to do with myself? Where do I go from this? And I was getting pretty okay marks in music, so I thought, okay, let's pursue that. Um, I initially was thinking musical theatre at Whopper, because, oh, that's a cool course, but I think they accept like 12 people a year, and it's like people from all around the world, and it's the hardest course to get into. Like, it's harder than medicine. Um, and so quickly I decided, no, 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 no. Um, but I applied for my, on my euphonium to the classical program at UWA, and I got in. I got to know, I knew that I was in before I even did my exams. So that was like, whew, oh, easy. I don't need to stress about that. And so I didn't. Um, and then I got to UWA, and for five years, I, I studied music, my four year course over five years, because I failed things. But I studied music. I got to be a part of lots of ensembles. I got to learn lots about music. Um, and during that time, I also started tutoring music. I started getting students and teaching them music. Now, there's a few people in this room who are doing that and have done that before, so you know what it's like. It's amazing. You get to kind of see these kids and you go, no, 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 like this. And they go, what? And then you have to break it down yeah, 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 bit by bit. But I did that. Um, now, along the way, I also started dating a girl, then got engaged, got married, then we had kids. But that's not important because I went to... I went to university again after getting my music degree to get a teaching degree so I could teach music and in like a big classroom setting and so then I got some jobs so currently I'm working as um, a music teacher at the King's College down Wellard and at Banksia Park Primary School. Um, I also work at the church but I get to experience music to, with lots of different kids. I get to listen to music, I get to be a part of music and it's so important to me. So that's my story. Now, when you tell people your story, you get to choose the narrative. You get to tell people what they want to, what, what they should hear about you. Um, so, I could have focused on anything with my story. I focused on music.
Could you hear that? Hopefully it was clear. I'd said the word music like 80,000 times. Um, But I chose to talk about how music was in my life. And to be fair, music has been a huge part of my life. I've got a piece of paper at home that says I, I know music, called a bachelor's degree. But I could have told you my story and focused on the pain. I could have told you how many bee stings I've got, how I've split my chin three times, how I could have talked about other parts of my life. I could have, I could have focused on my love life. Ew. Um, but I chose to focus on music. In the same way, we shape the narrative of our story. We also live out our story the way that we choose. Have you ever met someone who's so focused on a particular element of their life that no matter what, they're always living it? They're always talking about it. They're always doing it. Like, if you look in their YouTube history, it's every single video is to do with that one subject. Now, the big buzzword that this all revolves around is identity. Identity is what do we believe and who are we? If you believe something really strongly, it shows. And it comes out in the way that you talk to people. The decisions that you make, the things that you do. Now, the big problem with who we are and what we believe, that if it's in something that fails or something that ends, what are we left with? If my life story was music, 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 and one day I woke up deaf... What happens to my story? Now, so far, everything I've been saying, um, I could have shared in a lecture hall, on TV, in a public primary school. And if you didn't know me, you'd be asking, is this that guy ever going to mention Jesus? Because at the moment, that stuff could be anything. Um, But when it comes to an identity that's grounded and one that'll never fail and is worth focusing our lives around, I believe that Christ takes the cake but I don't want you to take my word for it. So, oh, let's um, see what our main source of understanding has to say about this, okay? So where do we find information to kind of support this theory that Christ should be our identity? Where is it in the Bible? In the Bible, yep. Uh, no, Ephesians is one of the places, but there's plenty of places. Um, So can the Bible help us answer the question of why? Why should we have identity in Christ and why evangelize? Um, You may have noticed that we didn't have a Bible reading this morning. Mike came up and shared an awesome verse, but that was impromptu. That doesn't count. Um, So what I've done today is selected, and by selected, it was in the thing. I didn't actually choose them, but they're great verses. Selected some verses, okay? So if we look up on the the screen, it has... um, a few pairs of verses. So there's Matthew and Romans, Philippians and Revelation, 2 Peter and 1 Thessalonians, 2 Corinthians, John and 1 Peter. And what I'd like you to do is I want you to do the hard work today. Okay? I want you to get out a Bible. If you need a Bible, put up your hand and we'll try and find one for you. But most of you should have one on your phones or bring it to church because good Christians do that. Um, And I want you to turn to some people around you, pick one of these, either pairs or the Corinthians is by itself, but pick one of these pairs of Bible verses and have a read through, have a think about it and answer the following questions. What are the reasons for sharing the good news that this Bible verse tells me and what does it tell us about our identity in Christ? So I'm going to give you a good amount of time. Choose one, 
I don't mind if everyone chooses the same one. That's great. But then what we're going to do is I want you to share what your thoughts are on this. So choose one. What is the reason for sharing the good news that this scripture tells us? And what does it tell us about our, our identity in Christ? Go. If you need to turn your chairs around and find other people, do it. It's more fun when you do it with more people because then you don't need to talk as much. Okie dokie. So, the rest of this sermon relies on how well you guys just did. Because if you don't give me anything, then we're wrapping up early and going to morning tea. But hopefully, and I, I, I walked around, I could hear some really cool things. So hopefully you can now help me. Um, I'm going to unleash my inner teacher and write some things on the whiteboard. Because I like to. Now, I don't have very neat handwriting. So um, afterwards, if you need to come up and decipher it, we'll get someone neat to re- like. Karen, oh, she's in kids, but she can write it out really neatly if we need someone like that. But what did you find? Yell it out, hands up, that sort of thing. Tell me what came out. Lisa. Um, so we chose yeah, good thinking. Awesome. So I've put down royal priesthood, uh, giving praise, living stones. Now, I'm not putting these in any particular place. I'm just going to fill up this whiteboard. Um, but that's fantastic. We did the same ones over the other same verses, so... The, the John, the John 4 and the first Peter uh, really tell a lot about if, if we've been changed, um, we have something to share with others about how, how they can be um, impacted by God's love too. Um, so the woman, it's like she went and shared, come and see you know, what this man did for me. Um, so, and then on the flip side of that, um, yeah, if like, people were lonely have the opportunity to encounter Jesus if those who have already encountered and been changed by Jesus take it to them. That's sort of a thing yeah, in, the, awesome. in those verses. Cool. What else? Martin? Just on that John verse as well, that Jesus uh, knows all about us, yet he loves us still. Excellent. Jesus knows us and loves us. Come on. What else do we have? Did anyone look at other Bible passages? Oh, yep. Marilyn. Um, 2, 5 to 11. Um, it came, he became like a human being and appeared in human likeness. He was humble and walked the path of obedience all the way to death. His death on the cross. So he became one of us. Yeah like one of us, and encouraged us to walk in his path. Because yeah. he identified himself as one of us when he walked the earth. Yeah, fantastic. So Jesus became like one of us. Um, yeah, we read the Philippians um, verse as well, and just that um, Jesus came to serve us and not to be served. Did I say that right? Fantastic. Serve us, um, not be served. And uh, Raj and I also read the second pair of verses, Philippians and Revelation. But we read Revelation first, which has much more about Jesus being glorified, which is also mentioned in the Philippians verse. 
I thought could be really relevant for sharing and, or testifying and that it's we testify as to the glory of Jesus, something that doesn't come to my mind when I'm thinking about testifying. Testify, Jesus, glorify, fantastic. Seeing I have the mic, I'll, I'll use it. Um, in, we read John as well, as well as a couple of others, and but from John, uh, one of the things that uh, comes out is Jesus knows everything we did, he, but he also knows stuff about us that we don't know about ourselves, and he knows what we can be. Jesus knows everything about us. Terrifying. Something that stuck out for me was right at the end of the second Peter 3, um, verse 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Yeah, patient. Well, that's pretty good. That's a few things. I think I can work with this. Um, so when it comes to sharing the gospel, this is what the Bible tells us. These are the reasons. We don't just share the gospel because Luke told us to. We don't just share the gospel because I told you to. We need some sort of backing. But the problem with this, this stuff, is this is not our story, is it? Whose story is this? Jesus. Yeah, the answer is Jesus. It's God's story, okay? So the Bible is God's story, and I love the Bible. It's a beautiful work of art that is both like a historical document, but also a living, breathing word of God. Um, but on its own, it's not actually the best way to reach people. You've probably heard I have the stories of the people who find the Gideon's Bible in their hotel room, and because of that, they come to faith. Or the people that get given a Bible and they come to faith, and they're incredible, remarkable, miraculous stories that show how God can work and does work through the Word. But for the majority of people, they're not just going to pick up a Bible by themselves. And if they do, they're not going to read it and find God just by themselves. For the majority of people. Evangelism works best when it's the Bible... God's story, and when it meets our story, and the two intersect. Now, I'm just going to... Swap over, yeah, does that. Now, when you think of the word intersect, um, you might think of it like this. Where two paths cross. Um, now, I, I like to imagine this as if this is our story, and this is God's story, and there is a one, one point of intersection. Okay? Now, this is the, the bare minimum. This is like if you had one single experience of God, and that's it. Okay? It's like, um, do you know the song um, Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep, uh, Deep Blue something? Um, basically, that's a song, if you don't know, of a couple who are struggling to find reasons that they should be together, and the guy's trying to save it, and the one thing he can think of is, oh, remember that movie Breakfast at Tiffany's that we watched? We both kind of liked that. Maybe that's something that's enough for our relationship. Um, now, you look at that and go, oh, they're in real trouble if the only thing they have in common is one movie that they kind of both liked. 
And so we're probably a bit in trouble if we've only got one, one point of intersection of our story and God's story. But if that is you, run with it. Take that one point and do as much as you can and see if you can grow it. Now, for the, for the rest of us, our prob- probably the way our stories intersect is more of a Venn diagram. So on here is our story. And here is God's story. God's story. Now, when it comes to God's story, some of us will be more connected and some of us will be less connected. I don't think anyone has a complete, exactly the same story as God's story because you're living right now um, and God's story has spanned thousands and thousands of years. But we can kind of see where the two stories intersect. Um, And the space where we see them intersect is actually how God's story, which is also known as the gospel or the good news, the intersection is how the good news is good news for us. Okay? So God's story is good news. That's what it is. But the way that it kind of we can see it in our lives, we can see them intersect, the two parts coming together, that is how it's good news for us. But how do we live our lives in this space? Because if I was focusing on the story that I told you earlier of how music was my life, I didn't mention God at all. So I wasn't talking about this part of my life. I was talking about maybe a part over there. And if I lived my life like that, I'd be living that part out there. And so I've got to think to myself, how do I live my life in the part where it overlaps God's story with the good news? Um, More importantly than this, however, is if we're living in that space, how do we bring other people in? Because that's, that's what evangelism is. It's living out our story so that others can see it and others can come and join in with that story. So I want you to now imagine someone that you know who doesn't know Jesus. Now their story might be like this, completely separated. Chances are, if you know them though, their story actually intersects with your story somehow. So whether or not they're in a band that you're in, or they're part of the same club as you, or they're your next-door neighbour. Somehow, if you know them, chances are their story is going to intersect with you. What our job is, is if we are living this part of our story, we need to bring them closer and closer to join in with God's story and move that circle across. Our lives begin to be intertwined. And so... Oh, no. No, it's okay. It's this way. It was already broken. Okay. Uh, if not, look, I'll just get you to hold it up so and the entire thing so we can all see. Anyway, if you remember all those things I wrote down, that is what the Bible tells us is the good news. It's what the Bible tells us is Jesus' identity in our lives. And if we focus on that and how we're living our life, oh, yep, oh no. No, no, I want to see how long you last. No, um, we see all these things in the Bible and we see how we can live them out in our lives. So for instance, if we're a royal priesthood, 
We've got to act like it. You saw all the ceremony and all that that Prince King, King Charles said at his coronation. All the, like, if anyone saw it, it was ridiculous. The things that you have to do when you're royal is insane. We're royal. So how do we act? How do we live? Um, if Jesus knows everything about us, what does that mean for us? Do we live in fear because of that? Or do we just go, okay, you know everything about me. So what does that mean for my life? How am I going to live because of that? Um, God is patient. How are we patient? Bringing those elements that we read in the Bible and trying to apply it to our lives so that our lives intersect. Now we're going to continue and finish off this Ripple Effect course over the, last, over the next couple of weeks and Julianne is going to be incredible. I heard her talk when I was over for a conference and yeah, she's amazing, so you're going to really love it. But my challenge for you today is to think, how am I living my story? How am I living my story and how does that story reflect God's story? Uh, let me pray for us now. Dear Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for um, your story, the good news of the gospel that we can see in the Bible, we can see in our lives, and we can see in the lives of others. God, we pray that when people see us, they don't just see that we're a doctor or a teacher or uh, any job that we might have, but God, that might, we might, they might see that we're your children. We might see that we're a royal priesthood. We might, they might see that um, we're part of a family. And God, I pray that you will help us um, live our story, live our lives so that we can reflect that's your story and we can reflect your love. In Jesus' name, amen.